1: Evan Lazar, we're live here Patriots post game shows. And the Texans, the Patriots lose. Uh, it's not, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that this is a devastating, potentially season ending loss for the Patriots. A game you absolutely could not lose, especially coming off the high of the big win last week against Baltimore. Um, so there's a lot to break down with this game, but again, it's 27 20. Four and six on the season. Before we get started, I just want to tell everybody at home, uh, our sponsor uh, here, uh, Manscaped, 20% off, free shipping with the code PRESSPASS20 at manscaped.com. Once again, 20% off and free shipping with the code PRESSPASS20 at manscaped.com. And Evan, let's just get started. I think the obvious uh, story here is... uh, the pass defense was shredded. any pass rush, and receivers were open. Corners were asked to cover for a long time. Well, obviously, Deshaun Watson was making ridiculous throws all game long, but this is I, – I, I can't remember the last time Patriots secondary got picked apart like this.
0: Well, I think that really what we're seeing is that Deshaun Watson, in a lot of ways, is Bill Belichick's kryptonite. They have not been able to figure out how to defend Deshaun Watson properly And any of the matchups that they have gone up against him. 2017 was a game where he ran around like a madman and, and was able to create a ton of plays, extended plays with his legs, and he had guys diving after him. It didn't work out. 2018, they had a little bit of a better performance against him, but then 2019, 2020, two huge games back-to-back years for Deshaun Watson. They just can't seem to figure that guy out. They can't figure out how to defend him. Last year they came after him. They blitzed him a ton. That didn't work. This year they played coverage. That didn't work. I just I don't know what they need to do differently against Deshaun Watson, but clearly they just he has their number, and he's really, really good at attacking the middle of the field, moving guys with his eyes, influencing guys with his legs out of passing lanes. And you know that's what we see time and time again when they play Deshaun Watson, they have all sorts of trouble defending him.
1: Yeah, and that was—I uh, mean, again, I know the tactic here. You're daring the Texans to run the ball, so you're only you're putting three up front there, and you're dropping a ton of guys into coverage right. that created some rush lanes. Um, and but again, it's just the time that he had and the throws that he was making. Again, it was a—it was a lot to ask. There were some passes were running in circles at a couple times too. I thought uh, Evan, there was. Uh, you know, some miscommunication. some guys that were open probably shouldn't have been, but I mean, a lot of those were just guys were just beating Patriots corners. And part of the reason being that Watson had time to throw and he was just, I mean, I think you tweeted it. He couldn't have walked the ball out there uh, any better than some of the throws he was making, particularly in the first half, which were just, uh, you couldn't wait to get to the halftime there uh, with that. Uh, So that's where we are here. It's four and six. I mean, again, I don't know how much more there is to say about it. Uh, this is you're counting on your defense here. This felt like a game again. Watson is our kryptonite, but it felt like a game where Texans can't really run the ball. So you know what they're going to do. And this plays to the Patriots strength. The, everything in this game played to the Patriots strength, both yeah. the fact that Patriots strength of their defense is their pass defense. And you knew that the Texans are going to have to pass here to beat you. And their run defense is miserable uh one of the worst in the league and the patriots after that first drive you're like oh my goodness they're gonna run for 270 yards this game and then it just went away what happened there
0: i have a feeling that damian harris he's been injured he's been on the injury report for a couple of weeks now he had the chest and then he had an ankle injury as well that's the only explanation I can come up with against this other than the score, right. You know, just getting too far behind to throw the football at times, but really until the fourth quarter only carrying the ball 11 times and really only doing it on, I mean, I have to go back and watch it and actually chart it, but it felt like every other run was one of those crack toss plays, which went went absolutely nowhere after the Texans sort of got a beat on what exactly they were doing. The opening drive, they go right down the field, they use the crack toss to get in, in, and Damian Harris walks into the end zone from nine yards untouched. From that point on, the Texans really, their defensive backs, their outside corners were triggering downhill on those lead blockers. And there was nowhere to go. And there was nowhere to go. They figured that out. The Patriots didn't really want to figure out an inside running game and get going that way. And that's it. I, I, I just, I, they threw the ball really well. The Patriots did, especially for the fact that everybody thinks their receivers stink. They actually threw the ball with great efficiency in this game. But the problem really was picking up the blitz in key situations was a head scratcher that they just couldn't figure out. They did a much better job of that against the Jets and against, the, uh, against the, the Ravens. So I was surprised to see how much they struggled with it, but the Texans had a bunch of free runners to the quarterback off of blitzes. Cam didn't really know where his answers were to get the ball out quickly. He did check into a few screenplays, and I know it drives people crazy, but when they're running, you know, blitzing six guys at the quarterback, there's really not that much time to do anything besides throw a screen or throw a dump off in the flat or just get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. So I thought he checked into a couple of different good screens, but I don't know if it's a disconnect between – The protection and how he's setting the front, how he's looking at the pre-snap read of the front and not adjusting the protection based off of that. If it's the receivers not understanding that they're hot, that they need to get open quickly because it's a blitz. If it's the O-line not picking guys up, it's probably an issue of all those things. But today was one of the worst performances we've seen out of the Patriots against the blitz all year.
1: And it was, and that was, uh, and you you forced Newton into situations. That he doesn't want to be in there. Um, he was uh, obviously he had a lot of low throws when the pressure was coming. His feet weren't set. Um, there were a couple times again, it's hard to say not recognize the blitz, but they immediately put them, you know, uh obviously that sack where he took it, put them into a second and 17 late there in the fourth. Those are Patriots are can't really when you're getting pats into second and long, third and long, they're obviously going to struggle in those situations. And that did, it forced a lot of incompletions there uh, and took them out of their game. But otherwise, yeah, it was a fairly, I mean, they they had to throw it, whether it was Harris injury or whether the Texans just knew what was coming and they forced the Patriots into this. Uh, it became a Cam Newton game. And he was uh, actually had, I thought, a pretty good game. He did have a few of those low throws, but he got the ball downfield that – Played a bird is the most explosive play that they've had uh, all season long. There, uh, his first touchdown to a receiver all season, which is crazy. Bird had Bird had his Jacoby Myers game today uh, when he was he was fantastic. Even Harry uh, trans uh, absolutely invisible for for the first two and a half three quarters, then started Cam started looking his way, so he was spreading the ball around a bit, um, and it just just felt short
0: yeah yeah it really is what it is and it just fell short is what i mean and i feel like in a lot of ways as i was watching this game unfold i was like this feels a lot like some of their close losses this year where the situational execution and play calling just isn't good enough to get them over the hump right they're competitive they're in the game they're within one score but just the fourth down play call or the third down play call or or execution of those plays and just these little things here and there you know the Texans on the drive before the Patriots got the ball there at the end they picked up a few first downs to run some clock that were key you know defending the middle of the field was a big problem for the Patriots defense I just feel like this is how this team loses, right? They're right there. They have the ball in their hands with a chance to make a play late in the game. They punch the ball in to either tie it or win the football game. And the last two weeks, they've been able to make those plays. But on the whole, this year, they haven't been able to make those plays. And basically, outside of the Niners game, that, that's where five of their six losses came from. They're, none of these losses were big time blowouts. So these yeah. are very close games. It's such a way to football. Got it know that's got to drive bill belichick crazy that he can't get his team to lock down you know fourth quarter end of game type of situations and they can't be tighter
1: it's crazy i mean you're looking at right now uh, the game the game in cam newton's hands with a chance to win or tie in seattle denver buffalo jets which uh, ended up uh turning out well and this game uh i mean that's you're one in four in those games. Okay. I mean, that's, uh, that's not what you expect. Again, we talk about Patriots like football. I don't know what Patriots football is anymore because part of Patriots football had very much to do with the fact that Tom Brady was the quarterback in those situations. And so you would expect, that he was going to pull that one out almost every single time. But you're right. Also, you know, the game management, you know, getting off the field on third down, a lot of things that, you know, this team isn't able to do where you're putting yourself a zero margin for error, sort of, situation like they were in today. You get the ball back with four minutes left. You've got to basically drive the field and score. And that was clearly what they were trying to do. Um, And so they were trying to whittle it down to zero and play for OT here. Now, the one thing I'm going to nitpick here is I understand the philosophy, Evan, uh, not wanting to give the ball back to Deshaun Watson with too much time. But beggars can't be choosers here. You had to find a way to score. I thought they were way too slow. And again, I'm not going to say the announcers were picking up on it, but it was surprising, you know, to huddle up and to take it down. And then just that I, I think the one thing you had to make sure you didn't do was burn a timeout there. And they did, uh I think on a second down run by James White, where there was about 118 or so left on the clock and they called the timeout. That was terrible. Uh, that to me. I mean, th- that's not the game. But that, I don't understand that at all there, burning a timeout. You needed your three timeouts in case you couldn't convert there. Uh, and they gave no chance. Not that you punt the ball back, back with a minute and no timeouts. There's no no guarantee there. But they, they eliminated any possibility. They put it all on that drive. And then, as you said earlier, the pressure, whatever it was that they were doing, Cam Newton, there's nothing he can do about that final play of the game. He avoided seven sacks before he finally you know, had to throw it away. But that that was it. Again, zero margin for error here. Yeah, it was,
0: you know, the last play of the game, I watched it back a couple of times, and you just see the Texans are showing blitz up the middle, and they actually drop the guys off the middle and bring the safety off the edge. And the running back, is James White and blitz pickup. He goes to step up into the middle of the line to try to stop the linebackers from blitzing up the middle, and the guy comes off the edge unblocked. So the one thing that you have to know if you're Cam Newton – And it's not to blame Cam because it was a good design of the the play and a good execution by Houston late in the game there. But the one thing that you got to know if you're Cam is you got to know where your protection is, right? So you have to understand, okay, you know, James White is peeking inside. He's going to protect inside out, right? He's going to look for the blitzers up the middle first, and then he's going to go ahead and find the guys on the outside. With knowing that you got to get rid of the football right. and because you, you know when that that safety comes off the edge whether he sees him or not you know you understand that the linebackers in the middle are, are, are dropping off the line of scrimmage so in all likelihood the blitz is coming from the edge and if you know that then you know that the ball needs to come out because that guy's unblocked there's nobody there to take him right he's unblocked blitzer and as the quarterback that's when you need to know that you're hot in that situation so my question really is 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 it cam is it the receivers is it the protection that's not getting set properly but clearly that was an issue i thought on the defensive side of the ball honestly they only gave up six points in the second half No, right they did find a way to mitigate deshaun watson in the second
1: it was all in the first half evan i agree that was where they were running in circles and they couldn't figure out what was going on and watson was just hitting people they did a much better job in the second half
0: yeah Um, and and they felt i I understand that it's nauseating for people to watch them not get any pressure on the quarterback, but this was the old style trash impactor mush rush game, right? That's exactly what they did out there. They just continuously, continuously just tried to collapse the pocket on Deshaun Watson and drop eight seven eight guys into coverage right and it's a nauseating game plan to watch but when you have good execution on the back end like they did for a good part of the second half i thought then you do hold them out of the end zone that way and you might get into some bend and don't break type of situations but then you you do find a way to get them out and i just want to say one thing about josh mcdaniels i see a lot of people on twitter a lot of people in the comments constantly getting on McDaniels for things you know his play calling is poor this that the other thing in their two victories over the Jets and the Ravens recently it was the same offense guys so he can't be a genius when it works against Baltimore and then be a squid when it doesn't work against Houston right they're running the same offense they're running the same stuff they're crack tossing to the running backs they're running different types of kind of underneath flood the underneath zones, get the ball out of Cam's hands, and let him get the ball out of the, out into the middle of the field or let him get it into guys that can pick up yards after the catch, like the running backs, like James White. And everybody wants to pick on, okay, yeah, second and 19, and you run it. Okay, what's the play call that you would like him to call on second and 19? It's second and forever, and you have a passing offense that's really not that good, and you don't want to turn the football over there. You don't want to create another negative play. My whole point with the play calling and with the coaching decisions in terms of that is one week it works, it looks like they're geniuses because the, t- the team goes out there and executes it at a high level. The next week they look like they're idiots because the team doesn't execute it at a high level. And that's really what it comes down to. The player execution on the field often makes coaches look really bad or really good. And I didn't really think McDaniels' play calling was all that bad today. It's it just sometimes – if you find yourself into situations where fans go nuts about these types of things, I understand it, but I just I don't know how you can continuously blame Josh McDaniels for something that really he put the players out there that he has in a position to succeed and they just got outplayed by the other team.
1: When there's problems on offense, Evan, you're either going to blame Josh McDaniels or Bill Belichick's drafting. That's, those are the rules. Or
0: Cam Newton. Those
1: are, those or Cam Newton or sometimes Nikhil Harry. Right. Those are the four yeah. options, okay? Yeah. Um, so you're going to blame that. And so this was one of those where it seemed like, right, when you're working before you're going to say what mcdaniel's doing um it was game plan it just didn't work and again i don't know the thing you mentioned with harris i'm not sure it did look like he had a ton of bounce early in the game and then it just wasn't there but there were also a ton of uh as you said the the dbs were coming downhill there's a ton of uh, uh defenders uh in his face there This segment's powered by BetOnline.ag, our exclusive online wagering partners. NFL football continues on, and while you might not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. No matter how the schedules change or which players play or don't play, BetOnline's going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry, there are always way more options to wager at Bet Online than anywhere else online. So head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests. Use the code CLNS50. Once again, betonline.ag, code CLNS50. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Uh, One bad, very bad thing that happened, and again, it might not matter considering uh, likely this team isn't going to be, uh, you know, headed to the playoffs after this loss, but Rex Burkhead just got wiped out and creamed. It looked like a really bad injury, uh, hit directly to the knee or lower leg area. Uh, We don't want to speculate, but he was in a ton of pain and everybody was... Praying and, and, and look, I mean, it, it looked bad. So I think uh, that's it for Rex, who sadly, who's been one of their most consistent, if not the most consistent offensive player all year for this team. You have to assume that he's out. Uh, and if Harris is down, now you've got Michelle theoretically uh, available off the IR. It could be some Sony time again, so I don't, you know, uh, we'll we'll see there. I, also on the running back front, James White, that screen, that's the first time we've seen a play like that all year. Um, the 40, That 40-yard 40 gain seems like we've been waiting for that big one there. We'd get, you know, several of those every season from White. Uh, wasn't a ton of it there, but White was involved in the offense a little bit today. But uh, just the thoughts here on Rex and just kind of a, what a bummer that was.
0: Well, I think it, despite Damien Harris's breakout, Damien Harris is the most dynamic ball carrier the Patriots have. That's not a question. But Rex right. is still the most versatile one that they have, and still the guy that they can both run and pass with when he's on the football field. Whereas with Damien Harris or with James White, it's very predictable which way it's going to be. I I, I feel like though. Ultimately, they can probably get over not having a Rex Burkett. He's a great guy in the locker room. Everybody loves the guy. You could tell by the reactions of his teammates how much he means to them and how much he means to them as a a veteran leader in there. But I I don't think that this is as massive a loss in terms of their – I don't think it's going to move the needle one way or another drastically. But it is a tough one to see just happen in general. I think the bigger injury is probably what happened late with Isaiah Wynn. Going down at left tackle, getting rolled up on. If, they, if you're a Patriot fan that still wants this team to compete down the stretch and try to fight every you know tooth and nail every last minute for the postseason win, going down at left tackle, I think it, it could be a massive, massive hit and all of that. But I, uh, I think the biggest thing that you have to look at though, first half definitely was Deshaun Watson in defending the middle of the field. They still haven't really been able to figure that out. They're one of the worst defenses in the league of defending between the numbers because the second level of their defense is either inexperienced or unathletic, right? You have guys like Kyle Duggar and Therese Hall dropping into those underneath zones who are good, fast players, uh, you know, better athletes than some of the other guys that they could put in that position, but they're really susceptible to getting pulled out of lanes by the quarterback's eyes, right? And Deshaun Watson can kind of stare down the left side, move Kyle Duggar just enough, and then come back to the throw the other way. And there's just enough space created there by sort of eye manipulation and the flow of the play and where the quarterback is first read is. And they haven't been able to really get into the yeah. into a comfortable level with the middle of the field. Juwan Bentley is obviously on the other side of the coin. He's just too slow to defend the middle of the field. And then you put Duggar out there, you put a Therese Hall out there, and those guys are just young players that are easily right. manipulated by a good quarterback by Deshaun Watson. So ultimately you just see all of these things, and it's just difficult to kind of find a group or a mix that's been able to defend the middle. The, the, the Ravens and Lamar Jackson, that's the only thing they did well offensively last week against the Patriots was throwing the ball between the numbers at that second level of the defense – it's been a major problem for the Patriots all year. It continues to be a major problem. And these are kind of two themes of like blitzing the quarterback and making sure that the Patriots running game doesn't get going by putting eight guys into the box and run blitzing and being aggressive against their, their offensive line. And then on the other hand, just not being able to defend the middle of the field. So pressure on offense, not being able to cover between the numbers on defense. Those right now are kind of the Achilles heels of the Patriots.
1: Yeah. The, uh, uh, well, I was going to say, just talking about the middle of the field, Patriots lead the league in tight ends who you've never heard of and are on nobody's fantasy team, just right. just eating them up. I mean, I, and it's amazing, just doubly frustrating when you consider how little production the Patriots have gotten themselves from the tight end position, and every single team that they play, their, their second string and third string tight ends are just eating chunks of yards over the middle of the field. In addition to that, um, Gilmore, first game back, Some talk about behind the scenes there um, with his uh, knee injury. By all accounts, he was hurt. There's some vibe around the team. And, some, you know, there's certainly been people saying that he may be making business decisions right now. And a la Rob Gronkowski, I play when I'm 100%. And understandable, this is a thing that happens in the National Football League. Not going to fu- speculate on what's going on there. But he got, he got, he got uh, eaten up a couple times times by cooks. And again, I'm not sure what the coverages were uh, on all of those plays, um, but your just thoughts on his return and his situation right now.
0: I thought he played fine, I mean, honestly, you insert against the run like that to stop that outside run that he had, and you make that tackle at the line of scrimmage that's not a guy that's checked out right normally with corners, if you want to talk about a guy that's checked out or he's not in you know fully invested mentally or physically in the in the team right now because of his situation moving forward, he's not going out there and trying to thump heads against a running back coming at him on a little uh, toss player outside zone type of run. I I didn't really see anything. Major Cook's a decent player. I mean, he's going to get some opportunities. He's going to make some plays. I really didn't think the outside corners, JC Jackson, Gilmore, I I don't think this was on them. This was 100% on the middle of the field defense. And then probably a little bit on the game plan too, of just not really being able to figure out the best mix to go after Deshaun Watson? Do we blitz him? Do we only rush three or four guys? You know, where's sort of that balance and, and where can we f- sort of figure out a way to stop him? Uh, I'm interested to see the second half, though, uh, just looking at their drives in the second half, the Texans. Uh, the Patriots did go punt, field goal, field goal, and then obviously the punt at the end. So they did give up an 11-play drive and an 8-play drive uh, in the second half, but they were able to lock down and keep them out of the end zone. Yeah. So, I, yeah. it, it was it was better in the second half. It's such a conundrum with Deshaun Watson, though. He's such a good player that when you blitz him like you did last year, he shreds you by beating you down the field. And then when you don't blitz him and you kind of play coverage, he just sort of moves zones and moves guys' eyes and attacks leverage down the field and is able to beat you that way. So
1: what do you do? What you do at this point, Evan, is you do something we we've did that the Patriots fans aren't super accustomed to at this point, which is play out the string, uh, which is what uh, it appears that this team is going to have to do. It was already a long shot to reach the playoffs, considering how many teams ahead of them have two and three more wins or two and three fewer losses. And now, it, again, at four and six here, uh, this is an extremely difficult situation the Patriots are in. Um, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago before they rattled off the two wins with the Jets and the Ravens about playing for the future. But again, how are you playing it here down the stretch with these last six games? Do you even bother bringing uh, Julian Edelman back at this point, or do you see if you just rest him and see if he can come back healthy next season? Anybody even remotely ding up like a Damian Harris? Do you just not bother, you know, using them as well? I mean, you don't want to at this point suffer any uh injuries or do anything to yourself that's going to affect next season also you want to see kids uh come out and play a little bit so uh you know what what are we doing here for the patriots and what do fans want to see i'm curious in the chats here as well i mean
0: i know what the fans want to see the fans want to see trevor lawrence in the patriots uniform right they want to see the patriots take it's not going to happen I promise you it's not going to happen maybe in like week 16 or 17 when it's truly over and they're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and there's no way that they're going to go on a run. I think at that point we might be able to see a Jared Stidham out there. We might be able to see, you know, sort of this, a tank, right? It's not going to happen right now. They only have six losses guys. And there's seven teams that make the playoffs this year. I think people forget that, right? This is not a 16 playoff field. This is a 17 playoff field. You can make the the playoffs at eight and eight or nine and seven this year. It's possible. There is a path, and I'm telling you right now that Bill Belichick is not going to give up on the year. Call it ego, call it whatever you want. Competitive nature, call it stupid. You can call it stupid too and say this is ridiculous. You know they're going to end up finishing seven and nine, and then where are we? I, I get that completely, but it's definitely not going to be
1: a full tank mode. They're just not going to do it. So they're not going to do it. There's not, they're not going to tank. They're not going to tank. No. If they, they're going to play games with whatever they have out there. And whoever's on the field, they're going to play those games to win. Uh, question is who they're playing and who they're using and whether they start to view this in a developmental sort of way, which is, again, we've talked about Belichick having this affinity for his veterans because he can trust them and he knows that they're going to make plays and whether it's just roll them out there. And again, he's already doing it to an extent. You had Anthony Jennings playing some today. I mean, he was in the played, Duggars, yeah.
0: played Duggars a- playing a, a ton. They're, and playing they're, your playing the living-
1: they're playing the kids. You're living with Duggar. Mistakes, filling, filling. Duggar's coming yeah. downhill, and and he's playing great as kind of that big nickel safety there, yeah, uh, in run support. Uh, and he's running, running around all over the place a little bit in coverage because you know, again, he's. Still figuring that part of the game out, so you're getting a mixed bag with him. Uh, Winovich again I, uh, early on, he had some good plays uh, for. Uh, you know, got a little bit of pressure. Not the, what little they got forced a holding penalty. Uh, you know, Jennings was out there. You're they're they're gonna they're playing the kids.
0: They're pl- they've been playing the kids for a couple of weeks now. This is not a situation where guys, yeah. veteran players, are playing over the young rookies. You know. They've really played Kyle Duggar. They've played Anthony Jennings. They've played Josh Uche. They've played and go right down the line. Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers has played, you know, they're playing the young guys. The issue really for the Patriots right now is that until you tell bill that they are mathematically eliminated from the playoffs and you're not going to make the dance this year, they're going to keep trying to compete and win football games. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. And, I know everybody thinks it's crazy. And after watching them lose a game like this to Houston where you felt like there was some momentum finally, right? Where you have two wins in a row, you beat a really good team in Baltimore. You thought maybe you could string some wins together and go on a little bit of a run. Now you're fine kind of in a different spot. But at the end of the day, they could still go ten and six and make the postseason. They could still go nine and seven and make the postseason. So where what's the point? I, I I don't necessarily agree with everybody that wants to tank. I, I just I don't like it as a philosophy from an organizational perspective. I just think it's such a, a losing mentality. And I don't really think that if you look over the course of NFL history outside of Indianapolis, where it sort of worked, I guess, because they you know knew Andrew Luck was coming out of the draft right. and they knew they were, they were gonna get him, the tanking strategy really has oh. not worked.
1: Here's the best case scenario. And I'm going to this comment that's on the screen right now. I think, I I think I get, I mean, I get it. You're right. What's the point of having wins and getting stuck in that middle of the pack? At the end of the day, it, it's not where you want to be moving forward, you know, because you want to have higher draft picks, more assets, whatever that is, of course you do. But it's the, the Patriots are never going to allow that kind of losing culture in here. They're right. never going to tank in that sense of the word, which would go out there and make and clearly in an embarrassing way try to not win a game it just a, as a window into one they got too many veterans the whole patriots way doesn't work if you do that okay and you have veterans who are still buying in trying to get the younger players that you ultimately want to see take bigger roles in the future to buy in as well you do that and you turn this into loserville forget about it okay that doesn't work under belichick it doesn't work that way and for anybody to have a window into belichick's mind forget seasons look game by game this guy will not take his starters out of a game until the other team takes their starters out of a game which is why tom brady still used in the past would be in up four touchdowns with three minutes left in the fir- in the yeah. fourth quarter he will not do it if you're playing i'm playing so if the other team on the other side of the ball is trying to win the game bill bell is going to try to win that game there is no tanking here there- There's a diff, and I think some people are conflating tanking with playing kids, and that's the thing. Right, you can play kids and not tank per se, but you live with the wins if they come. And right now, they are playing some kids. The only one that's not playing is Stidham, and I think part of the worry is if they put Stidham out there and he's an absolute dumpster fire. It is tantamount to giving up on everybody and everyone around you, and that's what just do you do? Five. I know Stidham is not the answer, and Stidham it's, probably it's they, don't, not, they don't believe in him. That's the they sad. They
0: believe in him, and, and and it it doesn't give you a proper evaluation of the rest of the team. You know, how are you supposed to figure out, Okay, do we really have something here in Jacoby Myers or was this just kind of a flash in the pan? You know, is Nikhil Harry ever going to develop into the guy that we think he's going to develop into? What about the young guys on the offensive line? Right. What are you going to do then? I, I just I'm telling you, it's just not the answer to go to Stidham. Cam has been playing fine. I, I really don't understand the criticisms. Really, the only thing that I can get on Cam for, and I don't even know if it's necessarily his fault, is the is the blitz pickup, right? It's just they're not doing a good job nope. of checking out of bad plays and also making sure you get the blitz
1: uh, How many plays are over before they begin? You know, just right. a, really bad ones a little
0: bit on the quarterback it has to be i either we don't know the play calls we don't know the process whether it's
1: david andrews you gotta or recognize right 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 into his face and camp almost surprised doesn't see it you know like only picking it up Priest happening in real time to have no uh you know wherewithal of again this is where the brady wiggle and the break You know, like there were times where Brady's not only knowing that this is coming, knowing that when that guy comes, I'm going to sit here for a second. Then I'm just going to slide here and I'll be okay. He's going to run right by me. He's factoring that into his thinking. Cam is immediately in a holy shit mode when that's coming his way or he doesn't see it at all. And that's been a big problem for sure. Recognition.
0: Right. But I think for the most part, his playmaking as a quarterback and his throw making down the field today was actually pretty solid. He just can't really figure out how to how to handle the blitz how to set the protection properly most of it i would say 90 percent of his issues right now are pre-snap they're before the snap issues where you see a safety kind of creeping down and like he's going to blitz on the edge then maybe you start to think okay i need to at least look at that safety and look that direction because if he does come off then i know that i'm hot because the running back and blitz pickup is taking the middle inside out type of read right he's making a two-way read he's rating it inside out so he's going to be late to picking up that edge guy so i better know that he's coming and know that i have to get rid of the football and the way that i look at it when he gets the ball in those situations like that fourth down play he doesn't even seem to really sense that the blitz is coming right away right he it's kind of more of like a oh. Now the the guy's right on top of me. I better make a miss, right? It's not the same sort of feel. So I that's the only thing I can get on Cam for. If you want to get on him for the fact that he can't really, you know, some of the throws are low or some of the plays are, are not the best. And, and you know, that's just Cam uh, Newton. He's not a consistent down-to-down uh, down thrower. I'm like going to get was. on him
1: for a different reason, Evan. I'm going to get on him yeah. because um, with Cam Newton and this offense, you have to play it so simple and vanilla that you're really 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 capping your ceiling here you can and again this goes back to the McDaniels coming up with stuff I mean they are not they are running a limited playbook here with Cam Newton okay he this is a basic offense with a trick player two thrown in there and that's it okay so that's yeah. what you got that's my knock on Newton is you know whether it's it's just his style that's what it lay he's a get out there figure it out, be Cam Newton, make it happen, sort of quarterback. And it, it really, really, really limits the amount of things you can do. In addition to obviously, you know, he hasn't had uh, the greatest set of uh, playmakers around him who can bail him out all the time. So he's got to do a lot of it on his own, but the offense has to be so boring and vanilla that I think, again, you can only do so much with it. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the tough part with Newton. Um, Again, that's everybody's concern here. And again, I'm looking at the chat, but I mean, you and I talk to a ton of people. We know the Patriots have never been in this situation before. You've never been in a place where you have uncertainty at the position that matters. Not only matters most in football, the number one position in all of sports. Okay. (laughs) You need need the quarterback to be consistent, to have a shot at, at winning. And right now, not having one is freaking people out.
0: Yeah, I I can sort of get that. I mean, look, I when I w- to me, I I kind of look at it similarly to I'm sure how the team looks at it. We're in season right now, right? We can worry about the yeah. Jack Wilsons
1: and and Mac Jones. But that's and, where the and, Stidham calls right. come from. It's not because right. they think it's Stidham. I think people want to just either see it and rule it out, and then know, okay, I can appropriately freak out that we got to draft somebody next year. More so than it is any faith in Stidham or not liking Cam. But you can see it and say. This can't be the future. So what is? That's the thing. You just want to know. Sure.
0: I think Cam is, in a way, the future because I believe he will be here next year in some capacity. Now, do I think that he's the future in terms of the next, you know, looking at the next five to ten years? Obviously not. But I think that what it en- ends up going to be is probably Cam as a bridge quarterback to the next guy, right? So the the player that I really think that is going to get upgraded in the offseason is not Cam Newton. I think it's Jared Stidham. I think the Patriots are going to go out there and they're going to draft a quarterback to be the franchise moving forward and be the young guy behind Cam Newton for another year and then probably usher in that next era after a bridge year with Cam. I think it's Stidham that they're more disappointed in, honestly, from this year than Cam. Yeah. His compete level, his ability to kind of, you know, take this job from Cam, who has certainly looked sloppy and not not perfect at times this year the door could have been open for at times right for jared sidham to sort of take this job by the horns back in training camp in the beginning of camp it wasn't like cam newton came out there and was playing like 2015 cam newton that wasn't the case then after COVID, he played poorly right so at one point in time there was an opportunity for jared stood multiple points in time i should say stop putting julian d on the screen this guy's commenting like five
1: Get out of here! All right, Cam. At one point in Julian, time, Julian is. Have, it, Julian's here every, every single right. show, every single week. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. he, I, say deserves,
0: I say it with he love. Deserves
1: to be heard. Yeah. Anyway, uh, keep going.
0: There was a point multiple points in time this season where Jared Stidham had an opportunity for sure to take the starting job from Cam Newton back in the summer. And I think back in the summer, the team, from what I understand actually wanted Jared Stidham to win that job, right? They wanted to see a fiery Stidham. They wanted to see a guy that wanted that job and went out there and fought away from Cam Newton, but they ended up kind of falling into the cam thing because Jared Stidham really didn't, do that and then at this point of the season Belichick keeps saying Cam's a starter Cam's a starter Cam's a starter because Stidham never did that behind the scenes so ultimately I I I think that Cam is probably the short-term answer with then hopefully getting somebody in here that has some talent that's a little bit better than Jared Stidham to usher in that next era after another bridge year but today to me Yes, the pre-snap stuff with Cam I thought was a big problem. I I I understand that it's ugly to watch him like dirt balls into the into the ground on those outside throws and stuff, but ultimately you have to kind of live with those with a guy like Cam Newton because he's not he's not Tom Brady. He's not breeze. He's not going to be every single throw out of the hand perfect, right? With smooth mechanics and all that kind then of stuff we
1: can't keep running this off It's again is well, they,
0: but they don't do they have switched into the offense they have they've got a lot more two wide receiver heavy they put them under center more they've tried to move the pocket a little bit more and run play action like pretty much half the time over the last month or
1: so i'm still it's, surprised his reluctance to run evan uh you know i i don't understand it uh sometimes that, that's what's strange i don't know if that's um Uh, a cam decision or the patriots saying stay there you know but i mean i to me i he should be every single because he is who he is which is not a guy who's going to go through seven progressions and then sit there for a while and then figure it out to me i my, my the philosophy would be if your first read isn't open and there's a teeny bit of space go every time. Okay. And that keeps the defense honest there. I, I, I it's, I'm, I'm I'm amazed how many games we go deep into the game and Newton hasn't busted one 15 or 20 yard run. I, I, I I don't understand. I don't know if he's being told not to do that
0: or he's trying
1: so hard to do it the Patriots way or the way that they want that he himself is just sitting there looking around like crazy, trying to figure stuff out instead of just doing what comes natural.
0: Yeah, I I do think that there is some element. Well, first of all, the quarterback run elements outside of the goal line, basically, right. And outside of situational calls on third and short or goal line plays or whatever, uh, that has basically gone away because teams are just ready for it now and better prepared for it. And the Patriots haven't really had the practice time to go what I would call kind of like full Baltimore, right, and get get really exotic with those types of schemes with motion and different types of option plays and things like that. They haven't been able right. to drill those enough, I don't think, to get to that iteration of the offense. And I think in terms of Cam scrambling, yeah, I, I do think that they're trying to get him through a progression. I do think they're trying to get him, you know, one two check down at least, not just one and. Take off or one and check down but at least get to one and two and then to the check down and i think that sometimes you see the processing issues ha- come into play but it's mostly the timing issues you know jj watt had four swats today four batted passes at the line of scrimmage a lot of that is just because he realizes the ball's coming out, right? He knows that the ball is coming out in a certain sort of time frame there, and he's able to just, okay, I'm not going to get home with my rush, but if I just get my big yeah. hands up, it's not going to matter. And,
1: uh, on Weno, Weno kept him kept him at bay all game. He realized he wasn't going to get to camp, so he just sat back and batted him right. down.
0: Right, and that and that's sort of most of the time when you talk about uh, batted passes – a lot of people make it about height, quarterback height. Obviously Cam's six foot five. So it's not it's not about a height issue with him. It's about arm angle or release point and then timing of the play. Where if those defensive linemen kind of get a feel, get a beat on when the ball is going to come out, you can get your hands up quicker and figure out where to get your hands into passing lanes. But I think ultimately on the defensive side of the ball, we talk a lot about, about about Cam. Certainly, that's where the game was sort of lost towards the end of the game. But defensively, time and time again, defending the middle of the field just killed them in this game. They just couldn't get off the field in those types of situations. They ended up holding them to 5-for-11 on third down. I wouldn't think it was a third down issue. It was more of an early down passing issue where the Texans really shredded them uh, Success rate of 58 percent on first and second down is way too high if you're, if you're going to be a defense that's going to have any sort of impact on the game. So right. ultimately, there was a lot of situations, too, where you're looking at the defense and you say, OK, you know, you're playing an eight man coverage. You got a guy that's in outside leverage. Where's his help to the middle of the field? You know, a lot of those throws to the tight end is Kyle Duggar, Juwan Williams. They're coming across the field with the tight ends. hes They're sitting on the outside hip expecting right. the safety in the middle of the field to cut off the tight end coming across the field. And that help just never comes. And and that's where you sort of get into issues. And then the other issues are obviously zone dropping. You got guys like Duggar. You got Terrence Hall, uh, Therese Hall, younger players dropping into the middle of the field that aren't used to kind of figuring out those zones and they're getting lost a little bit. And ultimately, When you play zone coverage, it's really key to think about, you have to not only get to your spot. Yes, you are spot dropping to a location on the field, but it's also important to know the route combination and see where the receivers are on the field. You can't just turn your back and run to the spot and be like, okay, I'm covering my grass, right? You ha- you can't just cover grass. You have to cover a receiver too. And sometimes I think these guys are so focused on keeping their structure, the general structure of the cover three zone or a cover two zone intact that they're losing where the receivers are actually running and that's they're covering grass instead of covering actual bodies out there.
1: All right. So uh, again, uh, the the conversation everyone seems to be having here is looking ahead Uh yeah. To, to, to next season and what's going on, I do want to again point out, because a couple people have mentioned on the thread here, um, here's another reason why you don't necessarily, I mean, again, whatever we're calling tanking, I'm not super concerned with it, but, but you have to recognize the Patriots, anybody who's gloom and doom right now because it's not used to what you're seeing, you're talking about a team with an insane amount of cap space coming back next year, um, and uh, certainly higher draft pick what's a tanky top 10 draft pick or somewhere in the middle it's still a lot better than where you're picking the 20s and 30s uh you know uh normally or late 20s uh and uh, you know picks that you're used to seeing them kick into the second round so you're looking at a a a decent draft pick a lot of cap room donta hightower returning uh possibly some other guys as well we don't know what's going to happen with the gilmore situation so it's not as bad as it all seems in terms of um you know again Brady Brady Belichick at the height of their powers level no that's not going to be what they're going to be next year but they're not a back of the pack team uh you know uh, heading into next year no matter how bad the rest of this season goes based on a lot of things that are kind of working in their favor and again you talk about that draft pick even if they finish where they're finishing now somewhere in the back half picking 12 13 14 15 that's the difference between getting one of the top players blue chip pedigree studs in the draft that you don't trade back for. and having a pick that you kind of view, how many times, Evan, do they get to about 25 in the draft and they're like, next 20 guys are all the same, you know? Yeah, I think that was a the situation they ran that into last year. year. Yeah. yeah. And, and they and they find that, they find themselves feeling that way a lot. And if they can move back, they they do. And when they don't, they take like a rod down. I mean, again, going way back, in the way back machine. But yeah. you take a guy who's there, best available or fits your need that isn't necessarily a value pick at that round so again all of these things are positive going forward we'll see what they do with it anything you want to do here before um putting a bow on 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 this one evan i
0: i just i find it a real shock that we come out of these games where the defense looked as poorly as it did yeah where cam looked a little bit comfortable honestly almost he threw for over 300 yards And we're talking about Cam Newton and we're talking about the quarterback position and that's what's wrong with this Patriot team. And I I just, I couldn't disagree more. I I honestly couldn't disagree more. I don't think it has anything to do with the quarterback. I nitpicked a few things that I thought Cam definitely could have done better. Pre-snap reading of blitzes is a common issue that they continuously have that Cam needs to get better at if they're going to have any sort of chance to string some wins together. But ultimately, I, I don't think that this is on the QB. This is on the fact that, really offensively they're super limited both by chemistry and just sort of time together and then also in terms of what they have on the outside being what it is and then defensively covering the middle of the field finding a way to generate pass rush when it's not a situation where you can blitz the quarterback and tee off or run a lot of line games and stunts, you know, that's a big part of the Patriots pass rush, right? Is stunts and line games and blitzes and things like that. If you can't do that because you're playing into Deshaun Watson, you start stunting the defensive line when you're playing Watson and you blow the edge. There you go. There, There's that escape lane, right? And a couple of times, Chase Winovich and a couple of other players I thought were pretty undisciplined with their rush lanes, and he got out of the pocket he and did. was able yep. to extend the play. Today's game plan, unlike last week, last week they really came after Lamar Jackson. This week was play coverage, keep Deshaun in the pocket, make him beat you by throwing the football, and he did. And, and he So did. you have to tip the cap. That was the game plan, and Deshaun Watson executed his game plan better than your guys executed their game plan, and that's why they w- lost the game and Time and time again, I keep saying that the defense is a bigger issue than the offense, and today felt like one of those days. Yeah.
1: For the uh, Celtics fans out there, Jason Tatum signs his Supermax extension. Uh, a couple people threw it in the threads here, but if we're going to end on some positive news, uh, Jason Tatum's here for another five years, so that's probably a good thing. Uh, that's going to get him up to $200 million. Um Lots of Celtic stuff uh, going on these days. If anyone wants to catch us on our other channels, there. Uh, but for this stuff, this Patriots channel, uh, make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. If you're on the stream every time we go live for a post game situation or during the week, you will get notifications. Uh, also, just want to tell you once again about our sponsor, Manscaped. Uh, Go to manscaped.com, enter the code presspass20, get 20% off your order plus free shipping. Again, use the code presspass20 at manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping. Follow Evan Lazar, clnsmedia.com. We're going to jump in, see what the Patriots are saying here in their post game. Evan got a, uh, He's going to write his 10 things he learned from today's game, much of which we discussed here, but we're going to say he's going to take a closer look at some of the film. That'll be out on clnsmedia.com later on today. Uh, and again, we'll have more stuff and more videos coming out on the YouTube channel, uh, breaking down this game a little bit later on as well. Uh, so, Evan, again, I think we'll wrap it uh, for everybody at home. Uh, I mean, you know what happened. They lose. Patriots lose 27-20, fall to 4-6 and six on the season. Feels like this... Uh, it could be it, uh, for, for the Pats, uh, for this year, for any hopes of making the playoffs, which were already a bit long, but we'll see what happens after that. We've got Arizona next week, Arizona, Arizona,
0: another quarterback that can move in the pocket of oh, right. the field.
1: So it's awesome. going to be interesting to see, it, uh, uh, you know, as, as amazing as, uh, Lamar Jackson was last year. I don't think I've ever seen a human being move as fast as Kyler Murray does on a football field.
0: Did you hear what Bill said about Lamar pregame? Uh, Scott Solak asked Bill, you know, does it help you at all that you're gonna face Deshaun Watson this week after coming off a week facing Lamar Jackson? And Bill said, Well, Deshaun Watson's a complete quarterback, right? Ooh. This is not this is not just a this is not just a runner, right? right? This is a guy that can throw the ball and Kyler is similar, right? That Kyler, he's not just a scrambler, he's really good in he scrambling. Slings it but he's got a hose and he knows how to use it so that's a a double combination there similar to Deshaun Watson where you can stand in the pocket and you can force him to stand in the pocket and beat you and he will
1: there's a little Mahomes in Murray's game too in terms of his creativity with the passes that he throws and the, the daring that he's willing to show on the field there um you know he he can absolutely sling it and again I've it's just He is just an absolute rocket ship. So uh, it'll be at least entertaining to watch. Again, uh, a major talent coming into Foxborough. Evan will be there covering the game live. Uh, We will uh, catch up with you guys, uh, you know, throughout the week, previewing that matchup, putting a bow on this one as we kind of watch the film and learn a little bit more. Thanks for watching.